Welcome to the Conquer Risk Podcast, the podcast that discusses all things around investment management and the business of running an RIA firm. All opinions expressed by podcast guests are solely their own opinions and do not reflect the opinions of Potomac Fund Management. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for investment decisions. Clients of Potomac Fund Management may maintain positions in the securities discussed in this podcast. All right. So we've got another week of the Conquer Risk podcast from Potomac. Manisha, appreciate you hopping on board. Um, you know, it's all, we always try and find topics that are sort of top of mind or or in the news right now. And something that uh, is important to us is the use of social media. Uh, so we're, we're really picking on something this week, specifically LinkedIn, because we do use LinkedIn a lot. And this was your idea that uh, you'd seen a, l- a little bit more than I had. So uh, why don't you dive in on why you wanted us to be the the lead topic for this week? Well, there's been a lot of chatter on Twitter recently about LinkedIn, uh, specifically people being annoyed about the DMs they're getting from random people trying to pitch them things. And then the conversation sort of evolved into, you know, LinkedIn being useless. It's an online resume. I never log in. And I just think financial advisors who have this attitude towards LinkedIn uh, they're they're missing the boat, and I, I think they have it all wrong. And so, you know, what we want to talk about is sort of the idea of how LinkedIn should be used, uh, how right. we're using it, and maybe how other financial advisors uh, should use it. Right. So, you know, do what are your thoughts on sort of that that chatter to begin with? Yeah, I think. Well, first, I, is there anybody but me that finds it humorous that the complaints are happening on Twitter? as opposed to LinkedIn, like, you know, make a, make a post on LinkedIn that please stop bothering me with sales pitches. Yeah. (laughs) You know? Um, so anyway, LinkedIn, I think is a, is a really good tool, right? It, it originally was created, I think primarily, at least my perspective was the resume, uh, sort of situation, right? This is, I'm going to put my information out there and I'm going to connect to people when I'm looking for a job sort of concept. Uh, I think there's some really good things that have come about since then, though, over the years. And, and now it's really a place to broaden your connection opportunity, right? Somebody that's a client, as an advisor, somebody who's a client, you can see who they're connected to. And not that you're going to go out and go, you know, pound those people for sales, but at least it gives you some idea of other ideas to explore for marketing, Right. Maybe you didn't realize that they're connected to three people at the hospital or, or, or your local the, the business that you were interested in anyway. Um, but also, I think just simply from content perspective. Right. It's a great place to expand your connections so that if you are producing content, whether you're a financial advisor trying to give you know, some concepts about financial planning or ways to use it or or ways to be prepared financially, be in a better position uh, or you're a consumer of content. I think LinkedIn is a great spot. And that's really where we sort of jump in is the creator of content. Well, yeah, let's back up a second. Um, So first and foremost, LinkedIn, like you said, started as just a a job posting, right? An online resume. And there are a ton of advisors that have continued to treat it like that. They create Mm -hmm. it and then they do nothing with it. And what it's turned into in the past couple of years is more of a content publishing platform. It allows you to publish content and within their algorithms, not only possibly reach your current connections, but to reach the entire LinkedIn database. And so if you are creating content, LinkedIn gives you a tremendous opportunity to get that out there, to get your word out there, to get their story out there. 
Um, and so one of the things with the chatter that, that, that sort of is bothersome is first and foremost, it's free. So, right. and no one's forcing mm-hmm. you. So if you don't like it, leave, stop. Don't, you don't need a profile, get off of it. And so the complaints about the, the yes, listen, no matter what platform you're on, there's going to be salespeople who, who try to get access to you. That's just how the world works. Right. But to back back to the chatter, I think it's important for financial advisors to, to your point, focus in on the content creation and distribution. And before I pass this back to you on your thoughts, I, I want to make sure I get one point across with content creation. If you are using a canned content creator that you're oh forwarding God. out and posting that 99 other advisors are also doing, that, that's not creating content. There's nothing unique to you. There's no story to you. They're actually even using the same image that the 99 other financial advisors are doing. To me, it's actually, I don't know. Some people say it's better than nothing. I, I don't know. I think nothing is better than doing that shit. Yeah, it's so we have a little bit of a jaded perspective. And and that's primarily because, of course, as you can imagine, we are connected to lots and lots of advisors. So the FMG suite specifically, while it's great content, I do see the same thing over and over and over and over in my news feed because I'm connected to advisors who are using it. Now, the average client probably isn't connected to multiple multiple advisors, but if they ever do by chance the odds are high they're going to start seeing the same stuff and you're you suddenly don't look like an original creator or someone who's providing a great value instead you're paying for a cheap service that you know well, let me let me stop you right there. there you said something that i want to touch on the the yeah. average client looking at it and to me you should not look at this as a way a way to get clients directly and what i mean by that yeah. this is a way to tell your story Everyone has a story, right? right? You might not think you do, but everyone has a story about how they approach not only life, um, family, business, financial advice. Everyone has a story. So this is a way to approach that. And and through sort of the spider web of, of social media, when you put your story out there and your content out there, eventually when someone's in need will come around, right? And, and they see their content. They're like, let me engage with this person. But what happens is people post one thing about, you know, my thoughts on social security. And then they sit back and they, well, I had one like, and no one contacted me. You know, this is a waste of time. And, and this is why the people that survive in this game are the ones that do it over and over and over again, just like with this podcast, right? I mean, we talked about this the other day, the average podcast lasts seven episodes because it's hard. People quit. I mean, we have five (laughs) subscribers on YouTube. Like, you know, I mean, right now we have five subscribers. So technically for the amount of time, effort and money we're putting into this, the ROI right now is not there. Right. Right. And so with LinkedIn, it's sort of the same thing. We see this, you and I see this with, with advisors all the time. Oh, I tried that shit. I, you know, I posted a couple things and I didn't get any clients from it. Well, yeah. And I think, you know, you, you've only got so many chances to be, to be real. Right. You've only got so many chances to be real. And this is one of those opportunities. And what I mean by that is, yeah, you can put you can you can, you know, share a great story that somebody else wrote or, you know, some other uh, what I'll call major provider, you know, a, a Forbes or something like that. Right. They wrote a great article and you want to share that. That's that's cool enough. And then you can put your thoughts on it. Um, but there are also opportunities like what's what I always find funny is to watch what happens. I posted um actually shared an article that was written and I don't even remember who who did it 
Uh, but it was about living the RV lifestyle, right? Full-time RVing, which my wife and I do. And so I shared that. And the comments that I, I referenced were was a heads up for advisors, right? I mean, this this concept, it's obviously really popular, but but you need to have a financial planning backbone to it. Because if you go into this with no concept of cost, structure, um, budgeting, oh, dare I say that word, right? You're, you're, set, you're setting yourself up for failure. That was the most popular post that I've made in probably six months, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? It it wasn't anything about Potomac. It wasn't anything about sales, but it was telling part of my personal story. Hey, here's a good reference. It's not exactly the way we do it, but here's a good reference for those that are, are paying attention and, and are interested in RVing. It was a way to help tell the story. Well, and that's that, how you build real connections. Correct. And not, that's the second part. Make one, right? Right. Content not and make one connection. Right. So not make one connection and then hit them with a, 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 a direct message to say, hey, are you interested in buying my product? Uh, that's bullshit. And that's, and that's, <laughs> it's I, think, not gonna work. I think that's what the Twitter yes. complaints are about to begin with is the whole right. you know, message and then immediately start <clears throat> selling. And, the, the, you know, those those people aren't going to be successful on LinkedIn to begin with. Right. And then you just say no and move on. But I want to touch on your point about engaging. Yes, you put the content out there, but it's not all about me, me, me. Let's put something out there about me and see what happens. You have to engage right. with other people's content. You have to look at something that you like. Tell them you like it. If it's a good video, tell them, yes, uh, good job. You know, like try this, this, and this, or where'd you get that audio track from? I mean, you have to, act, it, it's real to your point. It's real. You have to act real. You have to treat it like it's a social conversation and you are engaging with that person. Uh, and in return, you know, you get those sort of traffic to your own content as well. Right. And you have to be, I mean, I think you have to be open. I had someone reach out to me who was an investment analyst. Uh, he lives in Canada you know, a couple of days ago, you know, and so I, I did re- send him a message because I wanted to learn a little bit more about what it was that, you know, he found interesting from us. Was it, did he see a podcast? Did he, I mean, how did he find me? Well, I was a suggested item on his you know, on his list. And so he kind of looked at a couple of things and, you know, again, not that we're going to do business, but it was just, it's an opportunity to broaden your horizons Correct. a bit and, and learn something. Yeah. Right. If you suddenly figure out that you've got several people who are con- asking to connect to you and, and they're all seeing the same piece of content or the same, they're all connecting to you for the same reason, then maybe that's a clue. You should create more of that kind of thing. And, and that's that's where this comes in. Do, is it a time suck? Yeah, it can be. Is it hard? Absolutely. You might want to, I don't know if you want to talk about the microphone uh, deal that you ran into the other day. Somebody was complaining about the microphone problems that we had, uh, that they had. And, and you know, we, we understood that. Um, but these are the kinds of things that, that, again, I go back to be real. And that's what makes this successful or makes it a failure. It's amazing to me how many advisors, and, and I, I, I give this, I make the statement as a challenge, how many advisors don't even have their own picture on LinkedIn? If you're not going to put a picture on LinkedIn, why are you even bothering to put, and you're not going to put any content on it, why are you even putting yourself out there? I would say cut the whole thing, delete your profile and move and on. just not be there. Well, the, the number right, one, because the number you're, one you're setting yourself up for failure. The number one complaint or pushback is compliance, which mm-hmm. I think is bullshit. I mean, listen, if you don't make anything promissory, if you're not talking about performance, if you're not talking about things like that, there are no compliance issues, you know? And, and I think the biggest roadblock is 
people aren't self-aware. You know, they're, they're too concerned mm-hmm. about not getting any likes or what people think about them. You know, they, they look bad in a picture or in a video, or they don't know anything about the topic. Everyone has a story. And, and so I think that the roadblock is really in most people's head and not necessarily something on the platform. But to wrap this up, I had one thing I wanted to talk about, which is what LinkedIn calls their publishing platform. And it's, it's, okay. it's a separate platform from where you're just posting an article or, or, or sharing an article. And their publishing platform essentially is a, a blog platform, like a medium or something where you're, can, you can post actual full-length blogs. And the cool thing about it is the way the algorithm works is not only do your connections get to see that, but it's also something that's spread out throughout the LinkedIn community if it meets certain standards. So it gives you an opportunity if you're creating content for your, an easy win is if you're creating content for your own blog, just post it into the second medium. And it's really 10 seconds of copying and pasting, adding some imagery and, and letting that content go out on a separate publishing platform versus people coming to your blog and finding it. And it's a, it's a little secret that, you know, we've just started playing with. And I think other advisors should, should take a look at if they're producing content. Right. Um, and Ray Dalio, for example, everyone knows who Ray Dalio is Bridgewater. Mm-hmm. He's blogging exclusively on LinkedIn. And so the last three or four, uh, blogs he's posted is, is just on LinkedIn. And that's his sort of publishing uh, medium of choice. Interesting. Maybe if we were that special, they'd pay us to to, yeah, <laughs> to right. post only on LinkedIn. Uh, I'm sure there's a, there's a, a lots of reasons there. All right. So anything else you want to hit with, uh, I just, with LinkedIn? Yeah, I, just, mean, LinkedIn I think LinkedIn is going to be so powerful. It's getting better and better by the day. Uh, you know, we can talk about the ads platform some other time, but for financial advisors, get on it, get engaged start creating content for it. I think you'll, in the future, it's something you can always look back on as a, as a place where you were real and express yeah. your thoughts. Right. And, and I would, I would, again, just to summarize, add to that, if you're not going to post content and you're not going to put your picture out there, delete your profile. Just, <laughs> just don't out. even, just yeah, don't even some, be out there. Yeah. Right. Because you're creating a scenario that is worse for yourself it looks poor when some doctor or physician or or other employee of some sort, you know, a small business owner goes out, they've got their stuff out there, they've got their picture in contact and and then they see you with this, you know, blank whatever. It it doesn't look good. So, just a little little tip. All right, so as we move on, the second thing, we're really sort of taking a step back to a former uh, podcast that we did, which was, would you loan somebody $10,000 for eight bucks? And the concept in that podcast was all about us explaining as a, a great tool for advisors to consider the value add of getting more of your clients to use online banking services. There's a lot of really neat opportunities there that they can earn a little bit more money. It's just as simple as using a bank, et cetera, et cetera. You can watch that podcast. We'll put it in the show notes. Um, but we're, we're sort of seeing another extreme. I've had this come up a couple of times recently. And the other extreme is online advertising at all. And I'll say online advertising versus disclosure. Advisors, again, have an opportunity to show value without selling anything. And I think that's critical that you do that as part of your practice. Here's what I mean. I had a call with someone who was looking at online and specifically it's TAB Utah Bank. And they're offering 4% on their checking account. Well, that's a hell of a rate. 
I mean, let's face it. The ten-year Treasury is what? Is it? Is it two? I haven't looked in a week or so. I mean, it's at two percent or something. It's, yeah, it's like I mean, much it's, less than that. Yeah. Maybe even yeah, it's may, it might have dropped below two. So four percent on a checking account sounds like a great gig. And the question to me was: Is this too good to be true? Well, look, advertising versus disclosure. Advertising that sounds great. But we warned in our last podcast to be aware of rate chasing. It is a time suck. And in the end, you ultimately lose money because time is more valuable than the couple of pennies you're going to earn extra. I think there's a lot of opportunity in what we discussed, which is quality online banking, perhaps with the major custodian that you use as you're recommending to clients. Maybe you can get instead of the national average, which right now is 0.09%, to get up in the, let's say, 175 to 2 range on a checking or money market type of, so, of scenario. So what was the deal with the 4%? What was the catch? Yeah. So here's the catch. And I won't go through all the details, but this gives you some idea. The catch is ultimately, and this was my statement to this person, is they are setting your, they are setting you up to fail. They want to advertise 4% and pay you not 4%. You have to have at least a, 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 a one ACH transaction, a direct deposit type of situation, excuse me, one direct deposit. You had to have 15 debit card transactions. You had to, there were a number of things like that that you had to do. But when you start looking at the actual disclosure, right, there's a couple of things they pop like that really quick up at the front. When you look at the disclosure, they have full right to ignore any transaction in it that was $5 or less that wouldn't count. The transaction time period that they're looking at is the day before your statement and the day before but the day before the beginning and a day before the end. So even if you know your statement date, you're really having to make sure that you do it a day before in the whole process. And things like uh, multiple transactions from the same location, they have full authority to deem that those don't count because you're just trying to get towards your rewards count. Okay, right? so, so, so I mean, all, there's a laundry list of items that yeah, make it impossible all, all to ever get that 4%. Right, and so, you know, what do you think they get if they don't meet the reward criteria for that month? The, stand, the, the standard rate? checking rate, 10th of a percent maybe? Oh, oh, that's double. How okay. about 0. 0.05? Okay. So instead of 4%, you get 0. 0.05. Now they also make a big deal about, hey, if you get it the next month, they'll pop it back up. But again, when you look at the disclosure, it drops back to they can change the interest rate at any time they've deemed necessary. So ultimately, you could spend the time, effort, and energy to move to this great rate that's better than everybody else in the country. And well, next month, they just changed their yeah, mind. Here's my two cents. So now what so you got? We, we talked about this the other day. I, you know, major custodians have money markets that are all paying, you know, they, they, they somewhat track the 10 year. You're getting one and a half, 2%, depending on what that right. is. Uh, you know, you whatever. I mean, you can go some, you can put some money in some online place and get a little bit more. It's a waste of time. I mean, do whatever's convenient for you, but, but it's not a waste of time to find a higher rate within your current setup, whether it's a money market right. of some sort. But yeah, these these charlatans are probably going to pop up all over the place now, uh, promising these rates. And then, you know, good research on your part. When you find it, when you read the disclosure, it's really nothing but hopes and dreams. Right. And likewise, I mean, it, you know, again, if you're only getting the national average is 0 0.09, so basically a tenth of a percent, you know, in this case, it could be even lower. You know, maybe there's a lot of them that are probably, you know, a 10 or 20, 20 basis points or something. Oh, that's fine. If you can get 175 or two, clearly that's, you know, 10 times the rate. Well, this is you know. worth it. And it's simple. But here's what I found interesting, right? With the we just talked our oh, two podcasts ago was the inverted yield curve discussion. <clears throat> I told the same person 
that they need to look at their local bank because they were using a local bank that I'm familiar with. I said, look at their CD rates. Right now, yes, you can go as an advisor. We could go put that money in their brokerage account and go look at national CD rates, this, that, and the other. I said, let's keep it simple. You like your local bank. Look at the CD rates. Most CDs, let's say if you're using a multiple year CD, the penalty for canceling it if you needed the money earlier is just the last quarter's worth of interest, which is really not much of a penalty if you think about it. So I, out of curiosity, I went out there. Uh, he hadn't made a decision yet. So I went out there to that bank and looked. And from a rate perspective, everything from 91 days to eight years, all the increments were the same rate. Wow. The bank is making the client decide, you think interest rates are going up? You think interest rates are going down, right? Because they're not even giving anything different. You're getting no extra reward for an eight-year versus 91-day. I found that profoundly interesting in this <laughs> market environment, right? What what are interest rates going to do? That bank was not willing to make a decision. Of course. Okay, well, let's know, move so, on. This was supposed to be a small addition. Yeah, yeah. So what, yeah, yeah. Uh, what do you got for recommendations? All right, recommendations. I mean, I'm a car guy. People who know me know I used to race cars, and anything that has a car in it, I'm usually pretty interested in watching. Um, while the original BBC Top Gear show, if you're not familiar with that, it's worth going to look up. That's a little harder to find because BBC got pissed when these guys all left. The three lead characters in this show uh, started the grand tour with Amazon. And so they're making like 20 million a pop or something an episode. It's crazy. Um, but this show, if you if you dig cool cars, supercars, and you also enjoy humor, not always appropriate humor, this show is a show to watch. What is, My it, wife what is it called again? It. It's called The Grand Tour and it's on Prime. On it's Prime. an Amazon okay. Uh, yeah, it's an Amazon original. They've been, I think they're ready for episode or not episode, but uh, season four. Okay. And again, my wife will watch it and she hates car shows. So these guys are pretty funny. Some of the stuff they pull, the shenanigans they do is just, it's freaking hilarious. And, um, you know, it's the one show my son and I used to watch together because, you know, when we were raising him, he was, uh, let's just say a handful, but that was one show that we could sit down and watch together. Cool. Um, that and, and the top gear. So it's sort of a double whammy top gear on BBC, the original with these same three guys from the grand tour. I don't really care for the current, uh, top gear. I got you. There you go. Okay. Yeah, I've been uh, running through uh, waiting for new episodes to come on. And, uh, you know, with the hurricane down here, we were bunkered down and I got to yeah. watch the new Netflix David Chappelle um, comedy show, Sticks and Stones. And Chappelle, uh, Chappelle. Chappelle is from D.C. And when I was in, uh, in school at the University of Maryland, we went to one of his first shows ever when he was just a local talent. So he's, uh, you know, special place uh, in my heart, at least for his comedy. Uh, Sticks and Stones on Netflix. It got a lot of negative press um, because we live in an age well, where you, be good. yeah, I mean, we, <laughs> you know, everyone's so goddamn sensitive. You can't say anything anymore, even when when it's comedy. And so there's some jokes where people were like, you know, that's anyway. But the, listen, it's if you like Chappelle, I thought this was one of his uh, one of his good shows, and it's it's worth the watch. It's Sticks and Stones on Netflix, and I think it just came out a couple weeks ago. Cool. No, I, I like that. So I, I hadn't, I didn't realize he had that, uh, had another, uh, standups, uh, show out. So I'll, I'll definitely be, be looking for that. Yep. Uh, so we got to do a couple of things here as we wind this down. Oh, one is <clears throat> last week. If you watched our 403B special podcast, you see that I screwed up my own email address. And likewise, you and I both agreed that instead forget the fact that I gave the wrong address and made fun of me a little bit. We said, use the contact us page, except that we just started a new website. We redesigned it a couple weeks ago and there is no contact us page. <laughs> so now you can go visit connect 
on the you know www.potomacfund.com website. Uh, leave us feedback, give us suggestions, that sort of thing. Uh, obviously, with the podcast that's on the blog page, you know, like, sh- uh, subscribe, share, whatever. We also have a Potomac YouTube channel, so there's a lot of ways to watch or listen to other podcasts that we have referenced. And like always, we'll put show notes for the things that we have referenced in uh, with this as well. So thank you very much for listening and watching. Have a great weekend. Thanks.